Well, I appreciate everything that we do together in the church. It's been a blessing to be together so far today. I appreciate the songs and the prayers. Children's Church, thank you for your presence. And uh, what, a, what a blessing to, to say that we know that God loves us just because we love being together like we do. That's one of the evidences of our eternal life. It is Valentine's Day. I don't particularly have a subject that way, but I wanted to, to ask you all to, I know that you are thankful for those that God's put in your life to love, and, and um, it kind of makes you uh, think of uh, them, to love them. It's to think of somebody. You think of somebody, you love them. And I guess Valentine's is one day we, way we celebrate that, isn't it? A little bit of, little bit of a notion that way. I was thankful this morning. I'm, uh, my wife came up to me and told me Happy Valentine's Day. And we just did a little smack right there, you know, kind of informal. But, uh, but nevertheless, uh, it was an expression of love. One of the greatest expressions you can have of love is thinking. You know that? Um, it's a great means of grace God has given us to think. And um, when God says that we're to love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, he, he means that it matters how we think. I would say that the most important thing about anybody is what they think of God. What do you think of God? It has a lot to do with what you do in life. It has a lot to do with your peace, uh, your faith, your, your ethics. Uh, so I want to talk about that today. And we've been dealing with a subject. I dealt with, a, uh, open, tried to open a, um, a um, theme or series last week on God of all circumstances. And under that theme, Maybe we could say, and since he is a God of all circumstances, because of that or therefore, we should do certain things. That's kind of how I want to approach this theme. Uh, and last week we said that because God is, is a God of all circumstances, that we're dethroning. That, that is, we make sure that, that he is on the throne and not us or not the world. That's in fact where he is. And, and today, I wanted to say that since he is the God of all circumstances, that we think of him. We ought to think of God. We take that for granted sometimes, that, that we just automatically want to think of God. And it is true, God is putting his spirit in our heart who impresses us to think of him. Otherwise, we wouldn't. Uh, Psalms 10 verse 4 says, the, the fool, no thought, the, God, the thoughts of God are not in his heart. He doesn't think of God at all. So the fact that we think of God is a, is a great blessing, a great evidence, and we need to nurture that and cultivate that. Uh, we need to think of God all the time. Somebody you love, somebody you think about, I think about them all the time. You know, why does God tell us to pray without ceasing? Well, he wants us to think about him all the time. Why does he say to be thankful for all things? Because we need to think of God about all things, everything. So he's a God of all circumstances, so we can think about him in every circumstance. And, and right, God does send circumstances lots of times so that we will think about him. And I think that we've thought about God a lot more during the pandemic than we probably ever have in a long, long time, don't you? 
So God sends crisis in our life so that we can think of God. And so what a blessing is when we thank God. When we get God right, everything else is going to work out. But, but may the Lord bless us because we're weak. And I don't mean to use thinking because if we can, we can be puffed up, you know, about our thinking. You know, it's not about academics. It's about, it's about the power of, of the mind. And what the mind does is awaken the love of God. Uh, that he is our treasure so that everything else kind of falls under that. So it's a blessing to think. I wanted to use a scripture, and I really appreciate Melanie singing that song, God on the Mountain, because it kind of goes with what I want to say, and I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 20, and there's a chapter there, or there's a chapter, there's a verse that I want to look at that says that, and also apply that, or let it teach us this theme of, of think of him and the God of all circumstances. Verse 28 of 1 Kings chapter 20. Would you listen to that verse with me or read it along with me, please? And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, Because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but He is not God of the valleys. Therefore, will I deliver all this great multitude unto thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So the point is that we know that the Lord is the Lord. He is not the God of men's mind. You cannot dress God up to be who you want him to be. I remember my girls growing up had dolls. Paper dolls and dolls and they put different kind of clothes on. They made them be what they wanted them to be. We simply cannot do God like that. And what happens here in this, the context of this verse is this, that Israel in this particular time were disobedient to God. Their king was Ahab, and he was a very evil king. The Syrians, though, were a heathen people, and and they, they had no love for God. He was not in all their thoughts. They had a lot of liturgy gods, and so they understood that maybe a god plays a factor, you know. He's kind of like an add-to-your-cart god if you want to shop, but, but he's not the god of all gods. He's not the God of all circumstances. They had a God for every circumstance. They had a God of fertility. They had a God that's in the rain. They had a God of the war. They had a God of various things. But I'm going to talk to you about what I want to tell us is that we have a God of all circumstances. It's the same God. And there's no circumstances that that is going to present to us in any way anything that's going to change how God deals with us and how His plan is wrought in whatever circumstance they be. They do not alter God. Okay. Well, the Syrians, uh, when it come up against the Israelites, and the Israelites were a lot smaller in number, and they were on a mountain, and, and Israel won the battle. You can read about that in the first few verses before the verse 28. 
And so the Syrians were whipped by Israel. So, so the king, King Benadad of the Syrians, had a little drinking party and he said, you know, he said, the God of the Israelites gave them the victory. Now he's right about that. But he said, he's just the God of the mountains. He's not the God of the valleys. So what we're going to do is get them in the valleys. And we can whip them when we get them in the valleys because their God is only a God of the mountains. That's where this verse comes in. So here's the deal. The man of God, you know how it opened up this verse? God sent a man to tell Israel. Because God heard what Benadad said. Which brings me to the point, it matters what you think of God. Because God knows what you think of him. Psalms 132 or 139 verse 2 said, God is on all our thoughts. That's a little bit scary to me. But I'm going to tell you, it reveals the truth of a God of all circumstances. So God heard about this. And think about it. What you think of God often determines what God will do. So God sends this man of God and says, you tell him, says that he said that you, uh, you can't be a God of the valleys. That was blaspheming to God. And so God now is going to show the Syrians that he is not only a God of the valleys, but a God of the mountains. And what God is showing you and me is that he is not only a God of the good times, a God when everything was hunky-dory in your life, when everything was healthy, when everything, you had the money, you had the looks, you had the health and everything. He was God. But he's also the God of the pandemic. He's also the God of the brokenhearted. He is the God of the drug addict. He is the God, not only in the United States of America, but the God of China and Russia and everywhere else in between. He is an all God. He is the God of the universe, okay? And so when we try to put God in a box, or try to draw lines of what God cannot and cannot do, just because it's the way we think it is, then we got another thought coming, okay? And so what God is saying, I'm going I'm to show you that God is God. And you want you to think that God is God. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, the scripture says. So it matters what you think about God. Christianity is a thinking religion. It's a religion that focuses on faith. On faith that is aroused by a heart that shakes the mind in the focus on the one object of faith, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? And it, it makes us think in a whole different perspective. So what happens? Here comes the Syrians again. So they're coming back. 
Because they know that this God is just a God of the mountains. So let's get them in the valleys. And so what happens, they are defeated by these little Israelites in the valleys to the extent that Israel killed 120-something thousand, over 100,000. And King Benadad, the Syrian king, runs and hides. The same king who was so courageous and so confident that the God that the Israelites worship was just the God of a certain circumstance. What I want you to know with me is that our God is a God of all circumstances. And so we need to think of him in every circumstance. And what happens when we find God in that circumstance? See, lots of times we want to get out of the circumstance. And we don't understand that when we get God in the circumstance is where it happens that it makes everything work out. See, peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. Okay? So, so God blessed them now to rout the Syrians again in the valleys, a place they said he could not do it. Don't ever think God can't do something, okay? Don't ever try to squeeze God in to the mold of what others think, of what the world thinks, what people say. But the God of the Bible is the God of all circumstances. And here's the thing about it. Since Israel, they did not deserve the victory. I just said I was reading the history of bringing them up. They were so disobedient to God. You know why God gave them the victory? Because of what the Syrians said about God. Not because Israel deserved. See, we're on the verge now. Well, well I'm going to say, i got this little bit on my mind for tonight, but, but, but I think we're in the verge right now in this country, United States, of God really, really moving in a big and powerful way. You know why? Because he has been belittled so much. He has been ignored so much. There are people in the mentality, even among some Christians, is that the God is a God of the mountains. But he's not a God of the valleys. But he is, my friends. And I want us to rejoice in that. Because just maybe God has called you into this world and for this time of what you're dealing with for such a time as this. But what God wants is glory. He's not going to share it with another. He's going to get it because he's on the throne. And he's using you and me, and we ought to be thankful that whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, that God has allowed them, he's brought them to us, and he's blessed us to rejoice in it. You know, do you think that a light... Ought to really like being in the, in the bright places? Why would a light not like to be where it's dark? You tell me. Think about it, okay? 
That's why God has given you the light of Christ. So that you can shine in the darkness of every circumstance. And show that he is a God of the valleys and a God of the mountains. So this is a powerful verse to me. I believe it is to you. And God used a situation, a circumstance, to once again solidify that he is a God of all circumstances. Okay, I want to say four things when I think about, think of him. And I think we can learn from the Syrians. Lots of times you can learn from others' mistakes. You can learn from your own mistakes. God forbid if we don't. But the Syrians, first of all, I want to say this. Well, I want to say four things about think, and I want to try to apply it to this and other places. By one, think up. Think up. Secondly, think out. Thirdly, think right. And fourthly, think again. Okay? All right, let's look at that. Think up. What I mean by that is, you think about God as being sovereign, as being wise, as being merciful. Okay? He is a God of love. And we're to think up. We're to think up in every circumstance. David, when he was in a very low state, he said in Psalms 27.3, he said, I would have fainted had I not hoped or had I not seen the God of hope in the land of the living. What David was saying is, right in this pandemic, I'm going to think up. I'm going to think high. See that eagle that flies across the country, doesn't worry about the rivers or the mountains they face. Why? Because they're above them. I'm not talking about a high, conceited thinking up. I'm talking about a place where we put God on the throne, where we think up. Like David said in Psalms 121, I look into the hills from whence cometh my help, My help cometh from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. See, that is thinking up. And Daniel, in chapter 11, verse 32, the scripture says, they that have high thoughts of God, I'm paraphrasing that, but he says if you have high thoughts of God, you're going to have energy. You're going to be able to deal with life and circumstances. When you face Goliath, like David, what did he do? He was in the valley. And David said, this uncircumcised Philistine is defying the living God. He had such high thoughts of God that he says, I will take him on. I am willing to because I believe God can deliver me. When the three Hebrews captives went into the fiery furnace, you remember they said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, I don't know if God will deliver me or not. I think they were implying we don't deserve it. But he said, they said, I know he's able to. You see where their thoughts went? God can do it. 
But he says we're willing to take and put our thoughts on God and not on you, king, and so be it. And so on and on in Scripture. Think up. Think up of God. Again, I mentioned the great commandment a while ago in Matthew 22 and other places we find it where Jesus gives, gives a great commandment, which is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mind is a part of how we love God, how we think. See, what you think about is what you love, okay? So then, so God, when he saves us by his grace, he writes his law on our heart. In a sense, he changes our spiritual brain, okay? We have a new principality, principle in life, so to speak. Yes, we still struggle, but, but things are different because we're thinking of God. Sin hurts us. And we, 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 we repent to God and we, 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 pre, we press on in life, but we know that we're dependent on God for everything. And so... We see that and we bless God in it and we say, well, how do I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? I'm not so good at that, seems like. You know why? Because it's our thinking sometimes. Our thinking gets in a way because our thinking gets messed up with sin and obstacles in our life. And, and so what happens when we love God with all our mind? What does that mean? It means that beyond the objects of our love that we can, we know God. Say, for example, here's just a little example. I love trees, okay? I do. Nothing wrong with that. But I know that God made the trees. You hear me? So when I love trees, I'm loving God because God made the trees. I love my wife, just like you. But I love God more than my wife. Why is that? Because God made my wife. God is the God of my wife. See, see what I'm saying? So you look at God and you think up, whatever gets in your way, because our problem is we have a problem of putting things ahead of God. We think highly. Sometimes we think more of people than we do of God. We think more about what people say than we do what God thinks, okay? And so we bend. And so we need to love God with all our mind because the mind is really a servant of the heart, okay? It is. That's why we need to Ask God to search our hearts. We need to be honest with God. We need to think up with God. And we need to know that God's thoughts are way above ours. Way up there. Psalm 55, you know, says, Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. For His is far above us as the heaven is from the earth. All right, let's go on. Think out. Think out. You see, the Syrians had it right when they said that God, the Israelites' God, the God, gave them the victory on the mountain. They had that right. But where they had it wrong was that he couldn't do it in the valley. 
See? So we need to think, when I say think out, let's think out of seeing God outside of circumstances that we might think about. That he's the God of all circumstances. As he works in circumstances in my life, he's doing the same in yours. And he works it all out for his glory and for his what? He says this earth is his footstool. Heaven is his throne. That gives us a glimpse of how big God is. Now I think about 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We sometimes get in a straight. And most of the time it's in our thinking. And it's this. Well, I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this. I don't know if I can deal with this any longer. But God says, think it out. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there has no temptation, no circumstance, which is common to man, but God... The God of all circumstances provides a way of escape or way out. See, God is our deliverer. And so we need to think about that. And we need to see that. He's the God of all circumstances. He's just not the God when we're doing just things we're supposed to do. You know, the Peter, the apostle Peter, when he denied the Lord, and that rooster crowed, what did it cause Peter to do? Think. He said, you know, Jesus told me this was going to happen. And so when that rooster crowed, Peter was reminded of that. And and he, he repented and he wept bitterly. See, God was a God of all circumstances. He was a God that he couldn't just say, well, Peter, if if you're going to do what I say, I will be your God. He says, Peter, when you disobey me, I'm going to get inside that circumstance and I'm going to bring you to the point because he told Peter before it all happened, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. But he says, I prayed for thee and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. See, the way you and I strengthen one another is how we think. What do we think of God? Don't ever marry somebody if you're not married, without finding out what they think of God. Again, it's the most important thing about any person. What do you think of God? I mean, that that will move us in our way. That is what it's about. It's about what do we think of God? So you think it out. Don't try to put God in a box. I listened to... uh, a song this morning. I can't even remember the name of it. Amy Grant sings it. Other people sing it. Contemporary Christian song. And it says something like, I think the chorus is, I almost forgot that you're the king of the world. You, ever, you almost forgot that? You know, we, can, we are forgetful people. We can forget that God is the king of the world. And we try to put God in a box. But God is the God of all circumstances. Thirdly, what we need to do is think right. And I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I don't believe that you can say, well, I'm just going to be rich. I'm going to think I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. What I'm talking about is thinking of the God of all circumstances as he presents himself in this Bible. 
God does not leave it up to us to figure him out. He gives us over 800,000 words inspired by the Holy Spirit to bring us to that point that he is the God of all circumstances. And sometimes we limit that because we don't think right. In Psalm 78, there's a place there. I've used this verse a while back, but it comes to my mind again. Here's Israel, God's people. And see, the thing is, as God's people, we can miss thinking about God the right way. Psalm 78, 41. These people, these people of God, forgot that God was a God of all circumstances. And in verse 41 of Psalm 78, the scripture says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Did you know you can limit God? We limit God by the, how we think of God. We, do, we, have, we have a tendency to, to wonder of God and think about, well, you know, this can't be. We'll never get out of this or whatever. And we limit God. And we ought not to. We ought not to. Um, we need to think right. We need to think regarding our prayers. You know, there was a model prayer Jesus gave us in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the parts of that prayer is, you're not heard. He says, don't think you're heard. Jesus says, it matters how you think a prayer. Don't think you're heard by your much speaking. That's how the Pharisees think. And the publican said, no, you, you, you look at it from the point of, of your love for me and you think right from God as we humbly come to him. So our thinking has to be tethered with the cross of Christ and has to be soaked in the Holy Spirit that brings us humbly before God. Because if we think too much of ourselves, we're in for a fall. In fact, the scripture says, doesn't it, if a man thinks he stands, let him take heed lest he fall. Do you think you got it kind of made and you kind of figured everything out in life? You be very careful. You're in for a fall. That is how dependent we need to be on God, how humbly we walk with him every day. Oh, how we need God's word because God's word puts us our thinking in the right manner. That's what God gave us his word for. When God saves you by his grace, he clears up your thinking. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says a natural man, person, woman, child, or whoever, that God is not touched by his grace, receiveth not the things of God, neither can they know them. They can't really think about it. In the context of the genuine faith that God gives us through Christ. I want to challenge you to do something. And I'm going to do it. Take Psalms 23. You know, Psalms 23 is a psalm that touches various circumstances. Pastures, rivers, valleys, wilderness. You know, that's how life is. God tells Israel in Deuteronomy 11, he says, the land that I'm giving you, the promised land, he's not talking about heaven, he's talking about life with God. We're not in heaven yet. So we need a God, not only of the mountains, but of the valleys. And so what we need to see is, he says in Deuteronomy 11, this is a land of hills and valleys. But he says, God is with you. 
all the time. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But I want you to think about it. Take Psalm 23. I know most of you could probably quote it. I think I could. But I'm going to ask you to read it. And I want you to read this 23rd Psalm five times a day. Read it when you get up. Read it after breakfast. Read it after lunch. Read it after supper. And read it before you go to bed. Now, I'm not talking about just calling words. I'm talking about read it because the power is not just the word. It's not in memorizing it. It is the power of really thinking about it. You think about what God is saying. And when you think about God and when you willingly want God to adjust your thinking, he will do it. Okay? Now, now don't just say, well, I'll just do it five times at night. No, it's not a prescription. You, you go get a prescription from the, from the pharmacy, it's going to have directions. You, you don't take the whole thing at one time if it's two or three times a day, do you? So, so what God is saying, or what, what we're saying with that psalm, what it will do is, is change your thinking. Now, I don't, I don't ever know if you'll do it or not, but I'm just challenging you to, okay? If you really are serious about thinking right, that will do it. God's word will do it. That's the power. Uh, Proverbs, there's a verse there, 16.3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. You hear him? You hear what God said? You make it a commitment of whatever you do, that you're going to do it for God. And then God will take our thoughts and shape them and mold them. You know, I think about the hills and valleys. Why sometimes God gives us hills to strengthen our faith. Struggles that we have. Uphill. Life, life, you know, sometimes it's just uphill, it's the strength. I remember years and years ago, it's been a long time, I was at, when I was at the University of Georgia, I befriended a guy that worked out a lot. He was a Marine, he was a, an officer school, and he ran, he, he and I ran together four miles every other day. And he had a course set off up there in Athens, and you know there's hills up there. And I would, we'd work out, and I'd run with this guy. I was behind him, but I was... He, still, he knew I was there, I'd say that. But, but anyway, I, I was running because the last part of the, 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 the race or the, the trek was a, up a hill. And I asked him one day, I said, Bob, why, why do you end this right at the hill? Because it just about made me, I mean, I was about, I don't know what he's going to do when I got to it. I almost throw up, you know, I mean, you just feel so exhausted. He said, well, you need that for character. He said, that hill is a character builder. So God gives us hills in life to build our character. All right, now lastly, what have I said so far? Think up, think out, think right, think again. Think again. See, I think about sometimes this situation we're living in. I've been guilty of saying this. You know, I don't think the church will ever be like it was before. I wonder about my children and grandchildren enjoying the fellowship of God's people like you 
as we've been blessed to do. But you know, I've repented of that. Just because God has allowed me to study a God of all circumstances. Because if you think God can't bring the church right back and even more, then you got another thought coming. You need to think again. Because the church of God has always prospered under persecution. Our greatest problem in America today, we have been spoiled rotten. You hear me? We have been pampered till it's purely pitiful. We need to be able to have to worship like Christians in China or Indonesia. We have to understand we can't take it for granted. We have to get serious with God and we have to think again. And we can't help God. You don't have to worry like the arse is going to fall like us did and touch it. God killed that man dead. See, God can hold this thing up. You're not going to help God out. What we need to do is understand that he's a God of the mountains and a God of the valleys. And Ephesians 3, 20 says, he, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can act or understand or even think. That's the God of the mountains and the God of the valleys. You know, when we really think again, we understand what Peter says. In 1 Peter 4.12, he says, don't think you're not a child of God because you're going through trouble. He says, think it not strange for these fiery trials for which you go under. Why? Because God is being glorified. He's proving that he's a God of the valleys as well. May the Lord bless us to see the God of all circumstances and to think about it. Think up. Think out. Think right. Think again. Forgive me, O oh Lord, for having wrong thoughts of thee. You remember he says, you thought I was altogether like you in Psalms 50. He's not that way. He's not. He is God. Let's thank of him. Bless him. Would you bow with me? We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've given us the mind of Christ. Oh God, how we need to cultivate that more. Even though, Lord, the spiritual warfare is going on, we realize, Lord, that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. We thank you, Lord, for the valleys, for the mountains. We thank you, Lord, for the unevenness of life even. It's surely not boring. It's not mundane. We won't get mesmerized like we do on the interstate highway. We thank you, Lord, for every curve for every crevice. For we know, Lord, that beyond our greatest understanding and thought, you are a God that will deliver. You're getting the glory. And we're just vessels. We're nothing, Lord, without you. But we thank you, Lord, for the privilege in any feeble way we can to acclaim that you're a God of all circumstances. A God of the mountains of the good times but also, maybe even more so, a God of the valleys 
and the tough times as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.